If you're on social media, perhaps you've seen this trend. Someone will post something like, tell me X without telling me X. And whatever X is, people will comment on the post with ways of expressing X, either through words or images, without explicitly saying it. Well, when it comes to my parents and my in-laws, they are masters at something like, tell me you love me and are concerned for my safety, without telling me you love me and are concerned for my safety. And I'll tell you why they're masters, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Every day at 11 Central, we're here to give you some inspiration and encouragement for today's adventure of following Jesus. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Now, first off, both my late mother, may she rest in peace, and my mother-in-law were and are great at actually saying, I love you. I want to make that clear at the get-go. It's a blessing. But as a group, both my parents and my in-laws are also great at showing the love and concern for safety that they have for my wife and me. And here, I'm thinking specifically through various Christmas and birthday gifts that we have received over the years. Examples that leap to mind... I've received jumper cables and safety warning lights to carry in my car. Most recently, my in-laws gave us a fire blanket to keep in our kitchen, should any kitchen fire spring up. And you know what? I'm grateful. They may seem like odd gifts, but the reality is unexpected troubles arise all the time in life. Some due to our own choices or inattentiveness, and others for less obvious reasons. And what our family, I think, is trying to say to us is, it never hurts to be prepared. And as much as we can prepare materially and physically for hardships in life, we can also prepare spiritually. I mean, let's face it, troubles, hardships, sufferings take not just a physical toll, but often an even more profound psychological, emotional, and spiritual toll. How do you deal well with suffering? What are good tactics to have at the ready? How do you react and respond to life's troubles, be they slight or profound, in such a way that sets you on a Christ-like path? Our topic today for the show is Processing Hardship, some wisdom on what to do when hardships arise, as they have, as they do, and as they will. Dispensing that wisdom for us today is one of our regular spiritual directors. Let's welcome back to the program Father Bobby Blood. Father Blood is a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, where he serves as the spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin. Father Blood, joining us in studio. Always good to be speaking with you. Welcome. Absolutely. Good to hear from you, Patrick. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... We were joking just before the show here that, you know, maybe not the most uplifting of topics, but, you know, something that's absolutely necessary in living out the spiritual life, right? I mean, just in your ministry, I assume that you have people expressing all sorts of hardships to you, yeah? All the time. You know, as soon as you're ordained, you immediately become uh, the person who gets the phone call. And a lot of different situations from from people, and, and that can range from something big that's happened to you or your family or, or even something small. You know, we have those little interior hardships that we carry. And, and as a priest, oftentimes uh, we're the one called to help lighten the load a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, I guess I can say I'm actually glad that you do receive those phone calls, right? People are reaching out for some spiritual guidance in these times. Um, whether, and I assume people are asking 
yes, for prayers, but also maybe for some counsel, some advice? Always. Oftentimes when we're experiencing a new hardship, our brain starts to move so fast. We have so many concerns, whether that's the loss of a family member or a job or, um, you know, even a, a new friend moved, whatever it might be, even the little hardships, we start thinking two steps ahead. And sometimes we have to slow down and say, okay, what am I supposed to do right now? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, the, the first piece of advice is we just have to be where you are. So tell me what you're feeling. And mm-hmm. that might seem obvious or small, but for many of us, we need the reminder to, to slow down and, and actually feel what we're feeling. I think that's an excellent place to start, Father, as we're talking about processing hardship, is that, number one, that, that I've seemed to hear a lot, of, uh, a lot of very wise and sage counselors say and advise over the years is, you know, although I'm not saying that you never try to seek a little bit of escape from the pain you may be feeling, especially if it's a profound hardship, but at the same time, it's important that we enter into it, right? That we that we take it for what it is. Do we acknowledge that we are going through something that is indeed difficult? I've often said at, at funerals, you know, I, I don't know every person in a parish who dies or the family's really well. And so you have certain pieces of advice you share with everybody. And, and one of the things I often bring up is there's wisdom in what the church does. There's wisdom to have a funeral mass. Yes, to pray for the individual, But I also think it's normal and natural for us to grieve. And so I invite them, especially as they go to the funeral luncheon, share stories, share memories, and share what you're feeling. Because we have a tendency to believe that we're alone in our hardship. We have a tendency to believe that I'm supposed to carry this by myself. And oftentimes in in sharing a little bit more of where we are, what we're feeling— we can find both healing and also give others the permission to be exactly where they are. And that too, I, that's that's another good point. I know I've heard that uh, you know there are real, really no rules to grief when it comes to that, so, to suffering and dealing with some of these hardships that will arise. And so, we don't need to necessarily feel like we have to be you know weeping all the time, or for that matter, that we uh, we have to be um, social or you know socially interactive, that sort of thing. Um, would you concur, Father? Is that something that's true, that grief has has expresses itself in a variety of ways? It does, and it takes time. And so right. you might be cold in the beginning of a, a new hardship and just trying to deal, and and then at some point you might be watching the Hallmark Channel and you start to cry, and, and that's okay. I remember in, when I was a deacon, there was a family who had a pretty serious loss back home, and um, I, I took it really hard, harder than I thought I would. And I went to the chapel and I cried and I prayed. And, and then I went and found the priest in charge of the seminary and said, I, I had to go home and, and care for this family. And he, he gave me the best piece of advice. He said, go in the chapel, get it all out, tell the Lord. And then when you go home, it's time to do work. And it was such a beautiful permission for, from a spiritual father to say, it's okay to feel what I'm feeling and spend that time getting it out with the Lord and then you sort of, you, you put your shoes on and you go to work. And we have to um, allow our own emotions um, to guide the way that we interact with them. Mm-hmm. Well, we are talking about processing hardship today on the program with our spiritual director, Father, Bo- Father Bobby Blood. And uh, yeah, this is something obviously that confronts us all pretty regularly throughout life when we encounter some sort of suffering. Again, whether that be something that's really kind of light or whether it's something that's really profound, maybe some of the hardest things you've ever been through. How do you process hardship? Maybe you're going through something right now, some suffering, and what are you doing to help keep you close to the Lord 
and help uh, get some advice maybe from other people. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Our toll-free studio line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. If you'd prefer, you can always send us an email at innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, I know, as I just hinted at there, and you've already alluded to it as well, Father, um, other people can be a huge help in this time. And why is it important then when we're dealing with hardship not to isolate and not to kind of withdraw into ourselves? I think one of the things is um, we need a reminder from someone on the outside what the big picture is. And I say there's there's sort of two different kinds of friends you can have, and I think they're both good at different times. You have the like a sidekick friend who, when you share something that you're frustrated about, they immediately jump on it and agree and make you feel like you're the smartest person in the world. And sometimes you, that's needed. And other times you have a, a type of friend who's able to to speak a little bit of wisdom or clarity into something to calm down some of that energy. Um, when we isolate, when we close off, I, I think the evil one can kind of prowl and lies creep in and and normal self-doubt can sort of um, be zoomed into. And so we need that support to just say, hey, um, yes, that's hard. Yes, you're yeah. feeling a lot, but it isn't the end of the story. And I know that we have kind of different so-called natural ways, I suppose, of what we tend to do in dealing with hardship. Uh, I know recently I even talked about here on the program we had one of our dogs die. And that's, uh, you know, obviously in comparison, it's not as, as hugely as uh, suffering as some other things. But as as our spiritual directors in the past have said, there's, there's not competition with suffering, right? We're not trying to uh, compete with other people's suffering. But at the same time, I know my wife and I dealt differently with it. I, I wanted to talk to people. She needed to process it internally. And I, so I guess I'm not saying that um, we don't have the right to you know, spend some time on our own. But I think what you're saying, what I hear you saying, Father, is that at some point along the way, it's good to seek out advice. Absolutely. Or even, let's say, you're you're more introverted and reflective and, right. and you do a lot of handling things on your own. When, when you start to get to the end of the tunnel, it's good to share with another person so they, they might affirm the good work that you've done. Mm. Um, to be able to say, wow, that's, that's powerful that you've been able to work through that. You know, um, because I think we all need reassurance, right? Adam needed Eve in the very beginning, even prior to the fall. There's something communal by very nature of being a human being. And uh, maybe that's early on in, in a grief process or may, maybe that's later on. But but I think we always should um, have the idea that um, I'm not carrying this alone. Even if we're going to sort of grieve privately or quietly to know that you do have a support system who would be right there if you'd give a call. Yeah, yeah. Very important. Talking about processing hardship today on the program with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood. How do you process hardship? If you're, have you have gone through something in the past, if you are going through something right now, what do you have as tools to help you in the midst of that, not to flee from it, but to process it well, to enter into it and see the Lord's hand in it all? Give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Let's take a phone call now. Craig is calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Craig, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Yes, thank you. Uh, anytime I go through a grieving process, I do the Stations of the Cross. The Pieta, which is a little blue handbook, they have the short way of the Stations of the Cross, and it really helps the grieving. Uh, you think about a Lord's grieving, and then you think about your own. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate that, Craig. Yeah, there is something about going back to that way of the cross, those little moments where you can feel Jesus being rejected and just think about what, what was going through his mind. What was he thinking? What, he was, what, what, what was he feeling? And that almost gives us that permission we're talking about to then enter into our own uh, sort of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is often a lot of counsel and wisdom that can be gained from recognizing that, yes, our Lord himself did suffer. Our Lady suffered as well, suffered profoundly, and that uh, they are familiar, as the Scriptures say, yeah, not unacquainted with grief, and uh, so grateful that we have that to turn to. Craig, great call, call great, great tip for us uh, to enter into the Stations of the Cross, the Way of the Cross, as we're experiencing hardship. Father, um, you know, we're all about spiritual direction here on the inner life. And then oftentimes, I think, um, with spiritual directors, I know as you're directing people, I'm guessing you've come across a lot of people who are dealing with something. And this may be hardship. This may be suffering that is not just uh, so-called momentary, right? It's not necessarily even related to one specific event. It might be something that they are, have an ongoing battle with in struggling. And so maybe just a word or two from you about how spiritual direction can help in our processing of hardship. I think in general, it sheds light on on some of those root struggles that you're sort of alluding to. Maybe it's loneliness or fear, self-doubt, jealousy, all those things. And I think um, one of my favorite things about spiritual direction is it places us into a zone of obedience. If our spiritual director is telling us that we should do something, we're free in, in having that obedience. So maybe your spiritual director says, you know, I want you to take a walk in the mornings because you need that time with the Lord. Well, in those mornings where you're you're saying, woe is me and I don't want to get up and I'm tired, you can say, but I need to do it because this is what's been asked of me by a legitimate authority. And it, it sort of um, springboards us back to, to movement. Um, but I also think it, it helps to have a spiritual director to notice patterns, right? When are you feeling those things? Um, are there certain triggers you're experiencing? What helps you get out of it? And then being able to practically name those things back to you so that you can grow from it and, and take advantage of maybe those natural gifts that the Lord is giving you. Mm-hmm. I love it, Father. Two very important points there, I think. One, a zone of obedience, and one that actually is freeing. I think uh, we never get tired of saying that, that obedience actually is something that is rightly practiced, is is freeing. It's not something that restricts us, but rather something that sets us free. And then the other being noticing those patterns and those triggers, as you were saying, about um, when you might be able to or we might be tempted to maybe spiral downward into this kind of uh, like self-pitying, that sort of thing. And again, I think maybe it's good to to outline that self-pity is uh, different than actually grieving. I mean, there is a difference there. You want to explore that a little bit, Father? Yeah, I think self-pity has no end goal other than feeling bad. I don't think there's an active movement in any direction. Whereas a grief is a sort of honesty about pain that doesn't dwell on the pain, but instead allows like an awareness of that pain to move us forward to find healing, mm-hmm. um, to, to be honest about hardship so that we might see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, oftentimes we're not given the grace to see exactly what the Lord is doing, but, but even to go back to Craig's example, the way of the cross, what a, what a horrible walk Jesus took, how painful, uh, how humiliating. And if you just look at that, what good could come from that? Hmm. But when we're yeah. able to sort of to grieve and move through, you can say, well, he's doing his father's will. And that allowed for him to open up the pearly gates. And, and that's a victory. And so hmm. it gives us the space to grow and say, okay, there could be a resurrection coming from this death. Hmm. Yeah, very good. 
Very good contrast there, Father, between self-pity and grief. Let's go back to the phones. Connie is now calling in from Nevada. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just calling in that, that, you know, I'm going through a lot of hardship. I have to uh, uh, get through this by myself. And uh, anytime I wake up in the morning and I'm just feeling really down, I just make sure I turn on relevant radio within 10 or 15 minutes. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling spiritual. And I just feel like you guys are my backup family. You're the family that doesn't know me, but I feel like you're you're keeping me together through all the talks and all the shows and divine mercy and the mass. I just feel connected again and renewed that I can do this. That's beautiful. What a, what a gift that we get to be a part of this relevant radio family. You know, I, I think it is good, even even through media, to be reminded um, that as a Christian, I'm a part of a family. I'm a part of a group who knows both suffering and joys, and we can sort of meet each other in that place. It makes me think of. Um, the gift of, of praying the liturgy of the hours, um, the breviary every day. Sometimes you're reading a psalm that is so sad and sorrowful, and I'm in a good mood. Why am I reading this? But I think of all my brothers who who might be having a hard time and being able to pray for them or vice versa. You know, you're reading dolphin creatures praise the Lord, and you're feeling kind of crummy. You're reminded, well, I'm glad that some of my brothers are having a joyful, blessed be God sort of day. Yeah, very good. Very good. Connie, thanks for the shout out for Relevant Radio. And of course, our our mission is to bring Christ to the world through the media. And a lot of times that happens specifically in a situation like you were just mentioning. Yeah, you're going through a hard time. We'd love to be the one of the places that you turn to encounter not just great radio programming, but but our Lord himself, right? That's our mission and that's our goal. Thank you so much for the call, Connie. Appreciate it. We're talking about processing hardship here on the program today. If you have ways that you process hardship, whether that's, uh, well, whatever that might be, we'd love to hear from you and how you do that, how you keep uh, in touch with the Lord throughout your suffering, your troubles, the trials of life. Give us a call and join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be right back with more of the conversation with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, coming up right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you jump over to uh, relevantradio.com slash encounter or check it out there on the app for Father Rocky's latest Eucharistic Encounter video where he's telling these stories about the Eucharist and specifically this week, why is it, why, why do we need to be quiet in church? What's the point of that? Well, he's got an answer for you. Check it out at relevantradio.com slash encounter. Well, I um, think we should go back to the phones as we're talking about processing hardship here with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood. And uh, Joseph is calling in from Queen Creek, Arizona. Joseph, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, Yeah, I've been, you know, the hardship. What's getting me through is really 
um, dealing with things. I've really had to focus on the Our Father prayer quite a bit and trying to have this, well, I mean, obviously have this thirst for, for Holy Scripture and the, and the knowledge and character of who God the Father is in Jesus Christ so I can imitate that so I don't veer off to the right or to the left uh, in the hardship itself. Yeah, what I, what I love about that, Joseph, is we're going back to something familiar to drive us forward. You know, there's something consoling about the Our Father in Scripture that just reminds us of things we know, uh, but we need that sort of emotional reminder, like, oh, this is still true, and this is where I'm supposed to be walking. Mm-hmm. Joseph, is it specifically, is there any specific element of the Our Father that you find particularly helpful in facing hardships? Yes, you know, I had a, a friend who was a stigmatist for 16 years. Um, so basically, um, being a stigmatist, you know, they're offering their sufferings for others, and in particularly, she was helping me out with my my walk in Christ. But the, the, the Our Father prayer, it was the focus on forgive us our sins as we forgive others. And another scripture I got was, your heavenly father is not going to forgive, you know, if you don't forgive somebody else's sins, right, then how is your heavenly father going to forgive you, right? So this is walking in, in, in the walk that's really called, um, that we're called to. Very difficult, especially in hardships when the world is full of evil and things are thrown at us and, you know, we get trapped or whatever it might be, hardship it might be. Uh, to focus on these on on the character of God and to emulate that is is where I want to be at. Wow, what a, what a gift for you to witness that in your friend and and for you now to be that witness to other people that in the midst of whatever you're carrying, our Father is still good and and being able to draw to the surface some of those important characteristics. Thank you for sharing with us, Joseph. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. Great call and great advice and and. Father, it just brings to mind for me that some of the hardships in our life, maybe a good portion of them are, at least we, we attribute them to the actions and choices of other people. Um, whether or not that's, you know, that's actually or factually the case or not, Joseph brings up a great point about forgiving others. And that's always not, that, or excuse me, that's not always a, kind of a welcome sentiment when they're in the midst of suffering at the hands of someone else. Um, so any thoughts or advice specifically around that, around what if we see our hardships as coming on as a result of other people's actions and choices? Yeah, I, I think one of the most helpful things in, in those types of relationships is to try to ask the question, what's the other person's intentions? Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to sort of, explain away our mistakes or our bad habits. Well, what I was trying to do or what I I thought I was trying to do was this, but for other people, we just immediately assume that there's some sort of evil will, but oftentimes people are grasping for some good, even if it might not be the greatest good. And, and so trying to slow down and see the perspective, um, allows for the space to maybe start that process of forgiving because if if we can't understand their actions, if we can't understand where they're coming from at all, we're going to continue to hold on to resentment. We can say, well, I've forgiven them, and yet we haven't really moved on. Um, I think we we have to take that time to to really delve into the weeds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think as Joseph pointed out, I think the Our Father is a good reminder for that. But always a, a reminder, too, is that we can we can and should and need to, quite frankly, rest on the Lord's grace and action in our life if we're struggling to forgive someone else. 
Yeah. And he's always here. And I think so often when we're heavy, we forget that. We forget to to call out to him in prayer. We we sort of let our, our prayer habits slip. Um, but it's exactly in those moments where we have to double down and say, no, I, I, I want to embrace him. I want to embrace, you know, my, my spiritual life in, in whatever way that might look like for us. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're talking about prayer specifically, of course, um, sometimes in hardship, at least in my own experience, sometimes prayer is just that's the first thing I turn to. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to actually come about. Any any thoughts or advice on how we should pray? How should we should turn to prayer in the in the midst of it, in the midst of our suffering? I would say consistency is king. It's okay. it's the most important uh, part of the spiritual life in general, but especially in the midst of hardship. Um, I had a priest mentor who who used to say, "Pray as you can, not as you can't." And so, in hardship. Our normal prayer practices might fall to the wayside because it's too hard, it's too much, I'm too distracted. And I would say we have to be consistent. And so that doesn't mean forcing ourselves to do things that, you know, don't work. Um, But it does mean to intentionally choose to pray in a daily way. And so for some of us in the midst of hardship, what we need is a sort of repetitive phrase uh, to get us out of our head. And so maybe that's the rosary or as simple as just repeating Jesus, I trust in you over and over as he breathes just to kind of calm you down. Um, for other people who, who maybe are bigger feelers, they have to be able to cry out to the Lord in prayer and, and speak frankly to him. Um, and in general too, I think it's important for us to remember the others in the situation. And so whatever our struggle or hardship is, to recognize we're not the only one affected. And so maybe in prayer, being able to intentionally pray for and intercede for, um, maybe it's the person who hurt us, maybe it's another family member or a friend who who is kind of in the same circle, being able to intentionally pray, hey, Father, I want you to care for them in the midst of this. I, I think that can be healing in its own way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Father, that's that's really good. Again, talking about processing hardship today on the program. How do you deal with hardship? How do you stay close to the Lord in the midst of suffering? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Maybe you have questions about how to deal with something that you're facing right now. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we did get an email come in from an anonymous emailer. Question is this, how does one comfort the comforter? Uh, Anonymous writes, a parish priest uh, has recently experienced the death of a beloved dog. What might I do to extend comfort? So how do you comfort the comforter, Father? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I would say in general, because of our role as priests, uh, we oftentimes don't let on when things are difficult. And I I don't think that's a good thing, but I I think we put on a happy face and we push through and and try to do what's being asked of us. and so I, I think a simple consoling word, a brief email, um, you know, you, you don't have to go above and beyond, but even just a little reminder, you know, when you're shaking his hand on Sunday, hey, I've been thinking about you. I know that you lost your pup, you know, um, just know that we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those little things go a long way. Um, it almost gives the priest permission then to be honest about how hard it's been. And maybe he'll take you up on it and maybe he won't, um, but it's a good reminder. Um, and I would also say... Um, don't be afraid to share your hardships honestly with your priest because yeah. it almost trains us on taking the time in prayer to be honest about our own. Um, and so never feel like you're a burden or you're too much or father can't handle it. 
Um, it's a gift to care for you. And in doing so, it, it really does teach us about the heart of the Lord. Mm. Great point, Father. Let's go back to the phones now. Maria is calling in from Mundelein, Illinois. Maria, welcome. Hi. I have a question for Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I am suffering from depression for a long time. Um, when I was diagnosed is when I have my first child. And uh, so I have postpartum depression. And I've been in medication on and off since then. And um, I do feel very guilty of taking medication because I wish and pray every day that God would take this burden for me. But um, so my question is, it, it is okay to take medication yeah, absolutely. I think the Lord wants to to work through both temporal and, and eternal sort of, of goods. And so, you know, if they're working with a doctor, they believe that you need a prescription to, to help find some balance. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, we want to take advantage in any way we can of, of what the Lord wants to provide for us. And so I, I just say be at peace and, and trust that even through something so temporal, the Lord is, is using it to, to maybe find some healing and peace. And, and we continue to pray, right, that um, that medication might um, continue to move you forward to the point where you feel full and good and free. So mm-hmm. be at peace. Yeah. Maria, you know, one of the things that occurred to me when you were saying that you pray every day that the Lord would take it away from you, it sounds like St. Paul to me. It sounds like St. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he talks about the thorn in the flesh. Um, and he says, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, so this is the Lord speaking to St. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will, And then St. Paul says, I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. So, Maria, our prayers are with you, and yes, may the Lord re- remove that from you, but at the same time, know that he's there, present, um, his grace is there, and it is, is uh, what he will give that to you, and yeah, along with, along with the temporal goods of medication, as Father was just saying. So, thank you for the call, Maria. I appreciate you calling in. Well, Father, what if, what if I'm, um, I, I mean, it just occurs so often in, in people's lives that I happen to interact with. They don't want to be a burden on somebody or they can feel a little embarrassed that this is actually affecting them so deeply, whatever it is that they're facing. Um, and so what if I'm embarrassed that I'm I'm struggling to or I'm having this hardship and uh, maybe feel compelled not to burden somebody else with all my struggles. You started talking about that in terms of a discussion with your parish priest, but even with other, uh, you know, beloved family members, friends, uh, wise counselors, that sort of thing. I think it, it's normal to feel embarrassed that we're not perfect. Anytime we have to, to look face to face with a weakness, um, we don't want to admit it because is this whole thing my fault? All those sorts of questions start to, to flow in. Um, but I would say um, the Lord wants to provide somebody. And uh, why I say that is, is yes, he is going to be eternally present in the Blessed Sacrament. That's important. I'm sure we'll talk about that on the show. But also um, he wants to provide for us community. He has since the beginning, right? All of the great saints had certain support systems that they found. Um, and I would say more people around you are struggling than you know. And I can say that as a confessor. Right, the hours I spend in the confessional, um, you realize how heavy God's people are. And that could be something that that leads to despair, but instead it sort of leads me to a place of hope because I realize I'm in the same boat. 
I know that heaviness too. And so uh, the hope is we can strive to, to live out of that honesty in, in some small way with somebody where it's safe and healthy and boundaried. Um, yes, so that they can care for you and console you, but also that gives them permission to share as well. And it's in those moments where the church really becomes strong. Um, and so I would say there's no there's no reason to be embarrassed, but that's what you're feeling. Share that with the Lord for sure. Um, but I would say he wants to provide that space for you um, to actually be cared for, even where it might be most shameful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Father, what I would say in response to that is that, yes, I absolutely you know, want to recognize that uh, I'm not perfect and, and be honest about that with myself, with the Lord, and with others. Um, but at the same time, I have to say that sometimes it feels like my hardships, the things that I'm struggling with, there's a temptation there sometimes to feel, especially if it's something quite frankly, that, uh, you know, it's some some defect or flaw in my own living out of life. So my, through my own choices, my own sins, my that sort of thing, um, since you brought up the confessional, I guess I'm thinking, all right, so why does God keep me in this place of imperfection? Why, where is God in this? Why, why is God not present to me in this? Why isn't he drawing me out of this? Just like Maria's phone call, really. Um, how can we be assured of the Lord's presence and his love in those times when we're feeling like, yeah, I, I shouldn't be in this place? Yeah, I would say it's an objective truth. And so, you know, if I'm in a good headspace, I can say very confidently, I know the voice of the Lord. I know his faithfulness. I know uh, the truth of the scriptures that have been given to me. And then when it comes to a personal experience, it can feel like, well, those things were true. I believe those, but now all the, the doubts creep in and it's easy to sort of alienate ourselves from those true things. Right. Um, and so we almost have to remind ourselves out loud, Jesus is here. I don't know how often I've had to say that after a long day, you, you sit in the back of a chapel and look up at that tabernacle and just say, okay, I know you're here. And some days that's a very obvious truth to my heart. And other times, you know, when you're kind of getting beaten down, you're like, are you, what, what, what are you doing? Why, why can't you just make this better? Um, but I think we've seen, especially through the example of Jesus, but even just in general with the life of faith, God doesn't stop working. He's in the midst of, of suffering because there is good that flows from it. And that's a, that's a hard truth to self, tell somebody in the midst of suffering, but it's true. He's working maybe even more particularly through those times where it feels hardest or he feels the most distant. Um, and so we need to remind ourselves and, and remind each other and, and to give grace to the people around us who are struggling, um, big or small, to say, hey, it's okay. It's yeah. going to take a little time. And that, I mean, you just you just mentioned it too. It seems one of the great blessings of the many blessings that we have as Catholics in the sacraments is that there are these tangible reminders that Jesus is present. I'm thinking especially availing ourselves of the sacrament of reconciliation, but also the sacrament of, of course, of the Most Holy Eucharist, whether that be actually attending a Mass, receiving communion, or in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Those can all be powerful reminders of the Lord's loving presence. Yeah, I've been a priest for... You know, I think almost five years. And still, when I raise the host at Mass, I almost take a sigh of relief. You know, I'm praying for whoever the Mass intention is for. I'm, I'm praying for myself and for the people. And, and oftentimes in the morning, you're tired and, and maybe your, your mind is running. And I just sort of, I sigh to myself and I sigh to the Lord because I just realize, oh, he's here. 
and he, yeah. he gets it. And um, what, a, what a gift for us to be able to be provided that humble moment where God doesn't want any distance from us. He wants to be so close to us uh, that we're not separated at all. Yeah. Wow. It is a gift. It is a gift indeed. Something that I am thankful for uh, every day with with uh, my entrance into the Catholic Church. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. We're talking today about processing hardship here on the program. What are ways that you go about processing the hardship, recognizing that the Lord is present with his loving presence, giving you the grace to pull through in whatever you're doing and to continue on walking this walk of faith with him? Give us a call. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. More of the conversation on processing hardship right after this short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to our producer, Nick Sentovich, and Mike White running the board for us today, as well as Thomas Angus are taking your phone calls. Hey, there's, there's reason to celebrate in celebration of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and in continued prayer for an end to abortion in every state. The March for Life is taking place on Friday, January 19th. That's this Friday. It's tomorrow that's taking place. We invite you to join in wherever you might be, your home, your office, your school, to pray alongside the March for the Unborn, their families, and a pro-life America with Fast for Life. Got some inventive ways of fasting. can be a traditional fast, as we observe here in the Catholic Church. It could be, could be something else of your own choosing. For example, Diego from San Jose, California, he's going to fast from Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, and Facebook tomorrow. He says, I don't think I can do it all year, but I'll do my best for at least one day. Well, thanks for standing up for life, Diego, in that way. So grateful that you could do that. So join us and tell us how you are going to be fasting for life tomorrow. Uh, you can sign up and to pray and fast at relevantradio.com slash fast. And you also receive our free downloadable booklet, The Choice is Love, to help you answer the most pressing questions facing the abortion debate with compassion and church-grounded teachings. Pro-Life America continues to grow. Help it flourish with hashtag fastforlife at relevantradio.com slash fast. Our spiritual director today is Father Bobby Blood. We're talking about how we process hardship well when we face sufferings, when we face the troubles of this world and this life. How do we keep close to the Christ and recognize his loving presence with us throughout the day? Again, our phone number is 888-914-9149. Father, uh, one of the things, one of the verses that has come to mind repeatedly for me in um, our conversation here is, uh, again, from St. Paul's Second Corinthians, this time from chapter 4, for this light, momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And I always like to pause here and remember, St. Paul was no stranger. He says momentary light affliction, but man, he was he went through a lot that I know that I would not consider momentary nor light if I was going through it either. Um, but he goes on and he says, as we look to as we look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. For what is seen is transitory, but what is unseen is eternal. 
So I guess um, what I'm asking from you, Father, is the role of hope in the midst of our suffering. I think it's essential. Um, and it, it sometimes seems like such an elusive virtue uh, because we feel it or we don't. And yet, uh, St. Paul is calling us to strive for it, to recognize that um, in the midst of, of his hardship, he was able to hold on to the truth of the impending love that was going to be given to him. You think of his time in, in, in prison, um, him dreaming about what was to come. He wasn't focused solely on the hardship that was in front of him, but instead saying, I know something greater is at work. And that can be a hard thing for us. And, and, I, and I think um, to simplify this, this virtue of hope, it's to turn back to the thing that isn't a guarantee. Um, we're guaranteed that sort of pain or hardship that's right in front of us. But God is, has promised us a sort of gift that he freely gives us. And those two things can be true at one time. And so uh, for us, we're sort of raising our eyes back up to heaven and saying, I know that you promised me every good thing. And that's more powerful than whatever I'm experiencing in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the reminders that I like to enter into too, in the midst of hardship and, uh, and, you know, this is this is oftentimes an argument that's used for the, that God doesn't actually exist for the non-existence of God. That there's that there's suffering in the world, particularly of young people, and it is a potent argument. But at the same time, at least I'm at the point in my faith life where I think, well, the only thing worse than there than uh, me face or me facing this hardship in the midst of a God who is all good and all powerful is me facing this hardship, and there is no God. <laughs> I mean, it seems like um, the presence of God, even if I can't quite determine how or where he's acting in and through my hardship, the presence of God is still a consolation. Yeah, absolutely. And as a priest, I so often have to to face the brokenness of the church, right? the way that people are, are hurt by priests and, and, and communities. And um, I've been preserved in some respect from from. Um, the type of deep feelings that, that paralyzes me because I, I just realize there's something greater happening. Um, I know that the God of the universe loves me in a particular way and he loves the individuals who, who are hurting in a particular way and he's going to bring fulfillment in our lives. And so uh, it's such a, a, a powerful reminder for us in the midst of pain to say, okay, but this is not the finish line. Mm -hmm. This isn't the end of the story. And, and if, if we live out of a place that says God doesn't exist, what is your finish line? Right. We live exactly. for our own end. Yeah. What, a, what a sad life. I, I, I get know. up and have to work every day and that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. And uh, I mean, I think, I think this gets right into, I mean, what we were talking about before is that uh, it seems like with St. Paul, with all the people who have, you know, have held on, have have clung to that hope in the midst of their suffering. I'm thinking of saints as well. That uh, I mean, that hope it actually affords meaning to suffering. That there there might be some meaning that's involved, whereas meaningless suffering seems uh, seems desperate to say the least. Yeah, it seems empty. Yeah, when we look to the saints, you know, what I love about the example of the communion of saints is different saints respond differently. It's okay. all founded in the same faith and truth, but 
you think of like a Jose Sanchez Del Rio as he's walking to his death, that mm. fervency to just continue to say Vivo Cristo Rey and yeah. same with Maximilian Colby, that, that fervency, I'm a priest, I'll take his spot. But then we have other examples like, like Therese who uh, she whined when she didn't get what she wanted. <laughs> and there was something pure and holy about that. I want to join the convent. Why do I have to be far from my sisters? Um, and maybe to go back to to one of our our original uh, uh, Saints Joseph, mm-hmm. imagine how mad you would be if you have a pregnant wife and there's no room at the inn. I would have no <laughs> virtue. I, I would have been going ballistic, but he fervently found them a place, and he provided and protected them. And so there's a gentleness in in uh, Joseph. And so we have all these examples of how to face a hardship, but the one thing in common is. None of them believed that they were alone. Mm-hmm. All of them realized that they were both known and loved by a God who had much more power than whatever the given situation was. Right, right. None of them believed that they were alone. Yeah, it's an excellent reminder. And as long as you brought up St. Joseph and, quite frankly, Our Lady as well, uh, any suggestions specifically for parents? Because, I mean, I can only imagine what Our Lady went through watching her son being tortured and to put to this extraordinarily gruesome death. I can't, I can't even, I can't fathom it, but um, parents have to watch their kids go through hardship. Now, sometimes that's really light and it's just something that, yeah, you know, this is part of building character. I don't know how many times I heard that growing up. Right. But at the same time, Sometimes it's profound. Sometimes there's things that we, I think, would ordinarily say, this is undue to a person this age. It's not, it doesn't seem just that they have to go through this. So how can parents help their kids deal well with hardship? I would say starting before the hardship comes. You know, as soon as you you see somebody going through something difficult, it's hard to pivot. It's hard to have the right words. So I'd say even from a young age, Um, learning how to share your own hardship as parents with your children in a way that's age appropriate and boundaried, um, but allowing them into the dialogue of of what a family is struggling with because it then gives them permission to share as well. Um, And I would say ask open-ended questions about what they're feeling or suffering, Um, especially young people don't necessarily notice patterns. Well, I'm feeling this and it's the biggest emotion I've ever felt my whole life. Okay. Didn't you kind of go through something similar two weeks ago? And being able to make sort of connections. Um, so open-ended questions are, are incredibly powerful. Um, and then I would say sometimes we have to have, and I say this as a spiritual father too, we have to have um, the sort of humili- uh, humility to provide fun and lightness in the midst of suffering. Yeah. And so it's easy to say, you know, woe is me, my poor child, this is so hard, you're caring so much, I'm so sorry. And sometimes that's needed, but other times, as a parent, you have to suck it up and say, hey, we're going to go play mini-putt. Well, but, but grandma died two weeks ago. I know, but we have to get out of the house. And that's a really hard thing, but I, but I think it is a, a, an important part of processing and growing. That's an, it's it's amazing how you anticipated my next question, actually, Father, because that was exactly what it was going to be. That, and sometimes it's okay, isn't it? Is isn't it okay in the midst of trouble and hardship and suffering to do something that is ordinary? I mean, to enjoy uh, something that you enjoy in life, um, just to kind of get you out of anything that might be cycling in terms of your grief, your hardship. Absolutely. I think God desires for us to live a life that is full and we have to give ourselves permission. 
you know, for, for me, it's going for a drive. You know, if things are, are really heavy, I'm going to hop in my car and turn on some music and drive. And then it's just such a fun life giving situation. And, um, it doesn't cheapen the sacrifice. It doesn't cheapen the hardship by trying to, to, to move on for a moment. I think it instead allows us the grace to be a human being and um, experience a variety of emotions. Because if, if we're just trying to be sad nonstop until the entire sad goes away, we're going to be exhausted. Mm, yeah. It's an excellent point, and uh, I'm I'm grateful that there's at least that invitation, that opportunity. So, um, time for time for prayer, time for the Blessed Sacrament, time for uh, encountering the Lord in those things, and also time to encounter it in in others and uh, in friends and family members, loved ones who can express the loving presence of the Lord to us. So there's that too, and then times to. Um, I, 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 I hesitate to use the word escape, Father, but it is in a sense. It's a little bit of uh, I'm going to step outside of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into something and remember that um, there are joys in life as well. Yeah, I think of, you know, when you, you come up out of the water to, to get a breath. Yeah. You know, you, you can't go any deeper until you go up and get that breath. And, and I think that's okay. Yeah, right. Well, um, Father, just in our last minute here before we ask for your blessing, any um, any other resources that we haven't covered on the on the program today, topics or any any other uh, techniques that we might use to deal well with hardship and stay close to the Lord? Um, one thing that came to mind was it's important for us to get words out, and sometimes that means talking out loud to somebody else or to the Lord, and, and we've covered that. Um, but for others, sometimes it's fruitful to, to write things down. And so, especially if you notice it's at night when your mind runs, keep a notebook next to your bed. If there's something bothering you or some thought, jot that down, close it, and then try to go to sleep. I think that's a, a normal way for us to continue to to move forward and, and get some of the noise to quiet down. Um, but I would say just um, choose to be intentional. And, and in general, I would say give yourself a break. You're going through something hard, and the Lord is not going to rush you through that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Father, this has been a really helpful and fruitful discussion about something that we're all going to face, that we all do face, that we all, yeah, it's, hardships come our way. And you know what? Another way that we encounter and we understand the Lord's loving presence with us is through the blessings that we receive. So may we have a blessing from you, Father, before we go. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon your sons and daughters. We might extend this blessing to all that they love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As always, you can go back and listen to any portion of the program that you missed or share it with others at relevantradio.com slash inner life. Tomorrow on the program, kind of a related topic in a way, we're talking about struggling with anxiety with our spiritual director, Father Alan Hoffa. That's coming up tomorrow on the program. Coming up next right now is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant, Father Richard Getchell. Hope you can stay tuned for that. Until next time, friends, grace and peace to you.